it's one of the few things I feel like tangibly like good at. Like it's given me confidence just I feel like other people have this when they find like what they're just supposed to do. Like when an attorney like is like, Oh, I'm an attorney now, this is what I wanna do. It just feels right. It just feels right and then like they like oh, they just have like kind of like a a lure to them. Like even when you step in a room like you're like, Oh, that dude seems to know what he's doing. I feel like that with comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that in a lot of other things. <laughs> um <laughs> Here I am. Hey, how was your day? It's good. I went to work. I did this. How was your day? It was cool. I chilled at the hotel. I went to the show. The Wandering Wolf Podcast. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you as in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even want to know. me yoni wolf back again uh, i hope you had a wonderful hiatus i'm good i'm fine don't worry about what i've been up to worry about what you've been up to worry about what you are doing right now don't even worry about what you're doing right now enjoy what you're doing right now in the moment that you're doing it i'm enjoying it what am i doing Well, if you can hear by the ambiance around us, I'm sitting close to a uh, highway off-road, side road, not off-road as in monster truck, dusty, whatever, but but more like a uh, road alongside the highway. These are the the in-between places, uh, as we say, in in, uh, this country. There's a lot of these places, little strips of random industrial establishments and strange apartment buildings that that you'd wonder who lives there. Uh, someone does. Someone grew up there. You know, it's it's the most familiar to someone. Sorry, I'm just speaking on my. Uh, you know, you get a little weird look, um, but. Uh, yeah, this is this is what I'm doing right now. What am I doing? Where am I? I'm in Fairfield, Ohio. Apologize for the wind. I shouldn't have to apologize for the wind. That's uh, that's God's job. Feels good. It's 88 degrees out here. Kind of muggy, but not bad. I choose to sit on the outside of the uh, establishment rather than the inside. What establishment? What are you talking about? Oh, well, I'm at the uh, Safe Flight Auto Glass Studios. Uh, I don't think they say studios, but it's more like a garage. And uh, I'm getting some glass put onto my Jetta. Why would you do that? Well, you're not, you're not satisfied with Jetta glass. you got to go tense or whatever. Well... I would go tints. I should just get the one window tinted, but it's uh, the window that was uh, busted out of my car by hooligans, thieves, the other night. I live in a neighborhood that, uh, you know, it's not a bad neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood, but there are some there are some desperate people, 
that, uh, you know, will take any opportunity to get what they can get so that they can probably get another fix of whatever drogas they're doing. Sad. I can't be angry about it. I have. They want, you know. So they took my whole change thing. I've been saving quarters and, and dimes up for, for many moons. And uh, they took it all. That's fine. That's fine. Not a big loss. They took my favorite flannel. That sucks. That sucks. And, uh, and a hoodie. No big deal. So, whatever. That's where I'm at getting this fixed. They said it's going to be an hour and a half, so this intro is going to be 90 minutes. No, it's not. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking to you people. I'm doing fine. I don't need to talk about everything I've been doing since I spoke to you last. Obviously, it's been a lot. But I'm here now, and that's what I'm trying to focus on. I didn't get upset about... The, uh, I apologize for all these trucks. It's really truck rally. Uh, but the, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I didn't get upset about it. I've, I've been trying to be nice and, uh, in the moment and, and accept whatever it is as it is. I realize it doesn't really hurt so bad. Did take some, some time to uh, clean up, you know, the glass. But you know what? Auto glass is is uh, delightful as far as glass goes. All glass should be like that. It breaks like a wonder kind. Just these little nuggets, you know, it doesn't really, doesn't really uh, splinter, doesn't cut, doesn't cut you really. Imagine before they had this kind of auto glass, what kind of horrible things would happen in auto accidents to people. And I mean, it's still obviously still happens but a lot worse with the uh the old style glass i'm sure anyway i'm a little bit sunburnt not too bad this conversation that i'm about to play for you is a conversation i had with ramon rivas blazer ramon up in cleveland uh a bit ago, and he's a dude that I met first in New York City, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I was playing this. Uh, I think we probably talk about it in the talk, but I was I was playing a few songs at this Hannibal Burris uh, Sunday night weekly thing, and he was he was uh, doing some time up there comedy. So we met there, I think it was weed-related, our conversation, in some way, shape, or form, I believe. I don't think he'll mind me saying that, um, seeing as his moniker is Blazer Ramon. He makes no bones. He makes lots of bones, and then he smokes them. That's how he rolls. All right, I'm not advocating the use of marijuana on this podcast by any means. Just stating the facts. Okay, Let, let's let's just. I, I don't want to talk forever on this. I, you don't need to know all about me. All right, I got to keep a, a bit of a 
bit of privacy about myself today. I don't know. I just feel like that right now. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's get into this conversation with Ramon Rivas. Talk, talk. Testing, testing. One, two, one, yeah, two. Test. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're we're in what? What? Mentor, Ohio, near Cleveland, and uh, this is your hometown. Yeah, man. You grew up here. I grew up in Lorraine, Ohio, which is a half hour west of Cleveland. Okay. Right. I, I've heard of Lorraine. Yeah, it's a weird little like. Culturally, it's got the uh, balance of like a New York, like more Hispanic, and then white and black is about even. What's your, what's your heritage? Where does uh, your family come from? Uh, my mom's Mexican and my dad's Puerto Rican. Okay. Um, so they got it all. Got it all, all mixed together. Yeah. Um, so they moved. They were both born in Lorraine, where okay. I grew up. So, but I was born on an Air Force base in Clovis, New Mexico. But we moved here, like, before I was one. Your so, dad's Air Force? He was in the or, Air Force. Or your yeah. mom. My dad was in, yeah, don't be so gendered. Exactly. You know I mean? uh, but no, my dad was in the Air Force for a little bit. And uh, and then he, he got out and then moved back to Lorraine and started working. He worked a bunch of random jobs, like at an airplane facility where they did some shit. And then, like, a couple of maintenance jobs. And then he started working at the steel mill. And then... And that's, that's... I mean, it's a steel town. Yeah, Lorraine is a steel... I mean... Cleveland for, Cleveland's more diverse, I suppose. Cause yeah, I mean, for a while, it was weird because Cleveland's economy used to be like steel yards, shipyards, uh, and the auto industry. And since the 70s, those have all been slowly dying. Right. So, like, we bottomed out kind of in the 90, 80s and 90s. And then the rest of the country bottomed out in, like, the early 2000s. But that's when we started, like, creeping back. Because we kind when of when we say you say we you mean Cleveland, Cleveland not yeah, Lorraine, okay. yeah, Cleveland. Lorraine is Lorraine like Akron kind of vibe. Like I mean, Lorraine's struggling like the the steel plant like been on its hind legs, and then like they just announced that they're uh, they're shuttering the plant, so they're just gonna stop making because like it's weird they make who the fuck needs steel anymore? We yeah, got like what they make, what they make shit for in Lorraine is the pipes for fracking so since they're doing less fracking yeah they're shutting that plant which is like good for like the world but for like the city of Lorraine which like that I mean less people depend on it than they used to but like during its heyday like that employed like a big percentage of the city and like now it's just gonna be like huge industrial spaces that are just vacant and empty right um so that's what's gonna happen I mean it's like um, I don't know, man. I mean, it it really depends on what, uh, like, I could see something like that. Like, I know in Denver and in Colorado, like, places like that, now that marijuana has been uh, legalized, they're using those as, like, big grow spaces or because it's, you know. Oh, they're, they're growing out in Ohio places? No, no, no. I'm talking about in Colorado. So it, they're working on legislation to pass it in Ohio. Right. So that could be something that, like, sparks use of those spaces again not to use spark lightly yeah not to use spark lightly uh but you know that's something that could happen but like honestly right now i don't just because they're big buildings that you could you could set up as grow houses yeah so now let's talk about this for a moment um they do call you blazer ramon yes sir um and when did you get that nickname uh the lucas brothers who are very funny comedians uh out of new york um they called me that because they uh they just have a bunch of like smoking related wrestler puns so like blazer ramon uh mean gene smokerland a couple other ones 
What's wait, wait, what? What's the wrestling pun for Blazer Ramon? Uh, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. Yeah. See, that's past my era. How old uh, are you? I'm thirty. Okay, I'm so 35. like that was like. So I was big into wrestling when it was Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Rick Rude. You know, Razor uh, Ramon Randy was Savage, like. Et Razor Ramon was like. Shawn Michaels and him had like a ladder, like one of the first like super dope ladder matches was like okay. Shawn Michaels well, and I mean, Ramon. and then Scott Hall is Razor Ramon. If you watch, uh, see, I don't know. I mean, see, see, seems like you might have checked out right before. I knew, I knew Shawn Michaels from the from the Rockers. Yeah, back when there were the Rockers with Bret Hart. I think Bret Hart was their manager or something like mm. that. It was like Shawn Michael and, and Marty Jannetty. Yeah, and then they broke the Rockers. Up. I can't you, believe I remember uh, the name Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty, man, drop kick. They broke up. Okay, and then they broke up, and then it seems like that's when you stopped. Okay, so Razor Ramon, Blazer Ramon. Okay, <coughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm down there, but I smoke a lot of weed. Right. So like, I'm pretty open about it. I don't realize like I recently <coughs> I forgot what I was doing. I think one of my buddies, Drew Thomas, opens for this comic, Rodney Carrington. Okay. Most people have never heard of who Rodney yeah. Carrington. But this dude's, like, one of the top grossing touring comics, like, in the game. Right. P- flies a private jet from one gig to another. Right. And then his home, Sunday, like, sleeping in his bed. It's like, like what was his name? Peters. Uh, Russell Peters. Russell Peters. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, he's not, like... You ask the average person, they don't, they don't know, know who he is, is but, but he's fucking yeah. Russell Peters. Russell Peters bought me these shoes I'm wearing. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I've opened for him before. He, wow. Uh, yeah, he bought me. He also like he bought me and the feature some shoes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then like That's there was sweet like he just asked you your shoe size. Well, well, like we were we were working at the Columbus Funny Bone, and like we just went because he was shopping. And then, like, he was like, just pick up some shoes. So I picked out these and a pair of Jordans, and then the feature got some shoes. And then he checked, like, we checked out, and some just two random kids came up and were like, hey, man, we're big fans, like, blah, blah, blah. And they were, teen, like, teenagers, and, like, they talked for a little bit, and then he asked them their shoe size, and he went to the sales dude, he was like, hey, can you bring all, all your, like, size 13 to 15 shoes? Wow. And he just let big the kids. Dudes. Yeah, big Were dude. they South Asian dudes? No, they were just big, they were big black kids. Huh. And they, he let them pick out shoes, and he bought two strangers, completely strangers. Does he have a black following? Yeah, he has, like, the most, he has probably the most culturally mixed. Diverse, yeah. Like, I got to open for him in Cleveland, and then he asked me to open for Columbus, and then, um, one of the... Like, he was playing Madison Square Garden in New York. And uh, he was like, if you want to you know, come out, hang out, you can go to the show. And then, like, he had a dope-ass after party that I went to. So I flew out. And, like, I turned it in, like, a 10-day trip where I, like, did shows and shit. But, like, that's kind of the main reason I went out there was to hang and do that. And, like, he sold out Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> and the after party was sick. Like, he had uh, 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 DJ Spin Bad spinning. And then uh, Cool Herc was there. Melly Mel was hosting. And then, like, they started doing a cypher. So, like, the DJ would start playing someone's track and they would come up. So, like, nice and smooth went up. It's just, like, a bunch of old school hip hop. Is he a, he's a hip hop dude? Russell's, like, okay, a huge okay. hip hop. Like, he used to be, like, a break dancer. That's right. Think. I heard him on a, on yeah. a podcast talking about this. So, it's just interesting. So, like, I went out to do that, and that was really cool. And I got to see, like, Big Daddy Kane, like, a couple other people. Are you a hip-hop guy from way back? Yeah, like, not, like, I knew who, like, I knew who, like, Sadat X was. He went up. I knew who Mr. Cheeks from um, Lost Boys was. Um, I don't know. But, like, I wasn't Mr. familiar. You know, oh, man, you got to listen. You don't know Renee by the Lost Boys? Uh-huh. Oh, man, you got to listen to that. Uh, but, like, I knew some of them, but wasn't familiar with everybody. It was just kind of cool to be, yeah. to see that. And then, like, I got to meet... Uh, Fucking uh, DJ Cool Herc. 
the okay. dude who like originated hip hop. Oh, I got to meet, yeah, yeah, I got to meet him and like got a picture of him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then uh, I hung out for that week and like one of my buddies uh, dated someone on SNL, so I got to go to an SNL taping. Oh wow! That's uh, and then like so like I, it's weird. Like I know a lot of people. Like we met at Hannibal show in yeah. New York. Um, where like I'll visit those other cities and I'll get to kind of do those cool shows and then like meet people like you, people like you know, and all those different walks of life. So that's always pretty dope. And and what what era? What what was your shit at music wise? Like when you were? Uh, I didn't really get into music till I got into middle school, and then I got really into like I remember the album that I bought the most over time is uh, DJ Head Tech and Tyler Quelly Reflection uh-huh. Eternal. Like I playing that tonight. I, yeah, I bought that album like ten times. Yeah. Like just either stolen or broken or right. I lose it or even though I like I, I can download it, I still will randomly if I see it somewhere, I'll just kind of buy it. Um, we got into Biggie. And I got into like really into like eighties music when I was in high school, um, and now it's kind of settled in. It's like mostly hip hop, um, and then like indie music, like kind of like, I'd say like festival music, like uh-huh. people can like dance to. Okay. Um, I don't really like like intense like metal music. Yeah. But I don't say that I don't like it, but I haven't heard any that I've enjoyed. Um, same with like country. I just haven't been exposed to a lot of it. I like some country. I definitely yeah, like some country. I feel like metal or screaming music is hard for me. I don't me I don't want to count it out, but yeah. it's, it's tough. It's harder for it me. It takes a and I understand that because I know hip hop can take a different type of ear to listen to than for most people. Like it's easy for me to listen to. Like I can appreciate like the beats and the, the rhyming and the lyrics and the wordplay. But to the person who's not, who's more comfortable listening to like rock music, they turn it on and they just—it's too much. It's yeah. too many layers for them to truly appreciate the differences yeah. that are happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of who I listen to now. I'm gonna listen to my buddy Foul from Detroit. Now, this is nowadays. Nowadays, yeah, Foul. Um, I like Chance the Rapper a lot. Vic Mensa. Um, that new Ludacris was actually kind of dope. Noodle Ludacris? The, the no, new, <laughs> sorry, I mumbled. The new Ludacris was yeah. actually kind of dope. I haven't heard it. Oh, man, he came like the I'm first... skeptical already. The, the first few tracks, you're like, wow, Ludacris is back. And then he kind of settles back into like old Ludacris. Uh-huh, it's like uh-huh. not, he kind of like not crushing it as much. But like yeah. the first few tracks, you're like, I, I've never been a huge fan. But I, whatever, I'm not a hater. I, I find a, a lot of people don't... I've been coming across more and more people who don't fuck with like Southern rap. Uh-huh. No, I fuck Which with is Southern like, rap. Yeah, it's, yeah. but it's such a rich... I mean, each region has its own. I mean, yeah. Cleveland has Bone and yeah. Kid Cudi and uh, Kid yeah. Chip and Machine Gun Kelly. I like Kid Cudi, man. I thought he was Chicago, no? No, he's Cleveland. I liked him. I, he, where is he gone? He's he's out in L.A. I mean, he's, he's had a weird... Like, he, uh, he started putting out... Like weird, not weird music, but like it's definitely not like it was already a little bit. Yeah, yeah little, it was. It's, you know, it had an underground sound. A yeah, bit, and yeah. he's put out like indie cud. He put out like a year or so ago. He put out like three albums last year, which is like a lot. Okay. And each of them had like a completely different. Like there was one album that was more hip hop rapping. Then there was an album that was more just like that. His like, like fucking. Uh, me and my buddy called him like the modern day scatter right you know uh, and it was just more like his his production and DJ or production and uh, I don't know it's more like vibing music like yeah. you can't you're not gonna put it on at like a party but if you're doing like a bunch of drugs or like trying to fuck a chick you'll put that that kid sure, album sure. but if you're vibing you'll put on IndyCud and that'll be like a good party album whatever um 
but he's now co he's the host or co- he's the co-host or he's the band leader on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, okay. Which is that TV show Reggie yeah, Watts. See Reggie Watts. And yeah. he Reggie Watts left. He's on the James Corbin show on CBS, okay. which replaced Craig Ferguson. Okay. So it's like all this little shuffling, but randomly now Kid Cudi has that position. Interesting. So like, and he's doing like more movies and shit now too. Okay. I don't know. He's just so like, he's still. I, I I'm just ignorant. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His career is going. No, way but there's than a lot of so. there's a lot of random like even like like I was recently in LA and like I I always have a habit of wearing like Cleveland shirts. So standing outside of this brunch spot, just waiting for. My buddy to come up and this old this old lady came up to me. She's like, "Are you from Cleveland?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "I fact." She's like, "I grew up there. Like, I'm actually going back in a couple of weeks. Like, into to she was like Garfield Heights, whatever." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And we talked for a second, and then like the valet pulled up with her like super crispy, clean like 1960s like uh, uh, convertible like BMW. And like I was like, oh, all right, well, like, you're crushing it out here. Obviously. <laughs> May I catch your eye? Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's cool. Like I'm, I dig like connecting. Yeah, people always. Do you find that out of Cincinnati? Like there, there's always that. Like people. Yeah, I mean, people. I met a girl that was a uh, a server at this restaurant that I was staying behind in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. who was from Cincinnati. Randomly, uh-huh. you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. you know. Every city has, I guess, people, you know. Cleveland seems to have, like, an exorbitant amount. And it's also a weird city that, like, everyone has a point of reference for. Uh-huh. Where, like, it's in pop culture it in is, a way yeah. that not a lot of other cities in, are. In almost kind of a shitty way. In like, a shitty way. Hello, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Here, let me let David real quick. Yo. 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 We got cookies for you, man. Anyway, what 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 got you going into the direction of comedy? What what did you do in high school? What was your were you were you a, 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 a you said you played a little bit of football? I tried like yeah were you like jockey or it was no, that just didn't really work out for you. Like just like growing up from like childhood, like I was never really athletic. Uh, I was smart, but I was lazy. But like I was always like funny is how I got in with people. Like that's how I got kind of had my social circle with friends. That's how I like. My vibe is like I won class clown in high school. Like I just I sold candy out of a briefcase. Like I was just very like weird and like not like every. Like I always felt like just way older than mm-hmm. everybody. But like uh, I was all I wasn't fat when I was a kid. But like when I was in second grade, I looked like I was in fifth grade. So everyone called me fat. So I was like, like that weird. And then I got fat. You just like, bigger. Yeah. And then yeah. I got fat in like middle and high school. Like in high school, I was like. I think the most I weighed was like three thirty. So I was just 330? like, yeah, that's a lot. It's a for lot a high for a high school dude. Yeah. Like, so that's why when people are like, oh, I'm almost at my high school weight, and it's like a good thing. Like for yeah. me, it's like a bad. You know, I wanted to back no, to that. Yeah. No. Um, and then uh, I went to I went to like a little liberal arts college in uh, by Columbus called uh, Denison, okay, in Granville, and like it was a weird, like oddly, like subversively racist, and I got a lot of parking tickets. So I was like, fuck this, I'm going to leave. And I went to community college in Lorraine, and I just never figured out what I wanted to do. So I was just, I dropped out of school. I was uh, like a, just a, ma- a file room clerk at this law firm. And there was an ad in the paper for a stand-up comedy class at tri- the community college around here. So I signed up for it. And, like, I went and, like, I was the youngest person by, like, 20-some years. And, like, it was definitely, like, a bucket list thing for, like, oh, everybody else. But, like... 
And then the kind you kind of can't like learn comedy, you kind of just have to do it. But it gave me like a first performance and then like told me other places I could go do comedy around Cleveland. And I just kind of kept up with it. And then after, after about a year, like one of my, one of my good friends that I grew up with, like she'd been doing music and then she died in a drunk driving accident. So like that really, I was like, you know Sorry what, I'm going to, gonna, yeah, 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 it was very sad. And like, I quit drinking after that. And then like, I got like super, I was like, I'm going to like do comedy as much as I can. Like, this is what I want to do. So I started treating like a full-time non-paying job and like kind of pretty much still is, but like, I'm like, I made under the poverty line from just doing stand-up comedy and I owe but you money don't, on taxes. But, but you haven't had another job. I haven't had another job in probably a year. That's great. So, like, you know, it's partly because Cleveland's so affordable to live yep. in. Um, but Cincinnati's the same way. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's a hard place to make a name. I don't know if it's hard. I've done it in a weird way. Like, I've kind of, like, early on, like, I was like, okay, in order for me to perform more, I either have to move to these other cities, which I can't really afford to do, um, or I need to, like, run shows around here. So, like... I took a summer job in Chicago in the summer of 2010. I had three months with, like, free room and board. I was done with my job every day by, like, four or five. Some The latest was, like, seven. And so I would just, like, work and then go do shows and stay out and then, like, sleep and wake up and, like, just... I was just exhausted. I've been exhausted since then. But you but, but you're still drawn to do it. Why? Um, It's just... It's one of those... Uh, I'm good. It's one of the few things I feel like tangibly like good at. Like it's given me confidence. Just I feel like other people have this when they find like what they're just supposed to do. Like when an attorney like is like, oh, I'm an attorney now. This is what I want to do. It just feels right. It just feels right. And then like they like, oh, they just have like kind of like a a lure to them. Like even when you step in a room, like you're like, oh, that dude seems to know what he's doing. I feel like that with comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have that in a lot of other things. Like, I don't have a degree, so I can't, like, I don't have a lot of things where I can, like, just go get a job doing other stuff. Right. You had, um, it's kind of what you have. It's, yeah. it's what's in front of you. And it's yeah. not, but I'm not doing it as a commerce. It's, like, definitely, like, an art form. But, like, I've, you know, I've been fortunate to, through running shows, after I came back from Chicago, I started running a bunch of shows. And, like, I've worked with, like, I've brought Hannibal Burris out and then, like, maintained a friendship with him over the years. So, like, I can go, when I go to New York, I'll do his show. I've gotten to open for him a couple of times on the road. And then, like, brought Neil Brennan out, brought Amy Schumer out, which was, like, before any of them had, like, really, like, kind of blown up. They, they had, you knew who they were, but, right. like, you know, Amy Schumer has a TV show now. Hannibal right. has two TV shows now, like... Um, Nikki Glazer came. She had a show on MTV. Trevor Noah came out and did like two shows in front of like maybe thirty people total, and he's uh. hosting the Tonight or he's hosting a Daily Show now. Okay. So like, I've gotten to through just kind of running these shows, and like in order for me to perform more, I was like, I'll run, I'll book, I'll you know, I can get. I'd rather get work to get people to a show here than like drive thirteen hours and do a one nighter in Wisconsin and like hope to sell merch and like. There, that there's a, but you have to do that at some point too. You have to do that I mean? at some point, but like I've just kind of done it selectively. So like I'll, I'll stay in Cleveland and I'll kind of incubate, matriculate here, and like I run my indie shows, and then I work at Hilarities, which is like a mainstream club. Like that's where I've worked with Russell Peters there, a couple other big comics, 
and then I work at the Improv, which winds up being more urban. So like both the clubs kind of like hilarities wants like rich people with money, yeah. and then the Improv swings urban. So like there's a big percentage of Cleveland. Like neither of them really care about like the young people who like to go out. So like that's kind of who comes to my show. Hipsters, yeah, hipster kids like. Um, and just like just regular people, like yeah. I just kind of pull. Oh, like, you, I, yeah. I mean, I don't. That word doesn't mean much anymore. I mean, you yeah, know, what yeah. Does that mean? But it's just uh, hip in the sense that like they're they're up on things that they want to do yep. or that are going on in town. Because mm-hmm. like you know, you, we just saw the show tonight. Like there's maybe like 50, 60 people there tonight. Yeah. Which like you know they trickled in the show. The advertising started at eight thirty. They all trickled in about eight thirty. Right. You know. Um, but he, he fifty sixty thousand. He means yeah, yeah. fifty sixty thousand. Um, and then, um, you know, a couple of them like knew me from other shows and a lot of them were like, Oh, you I've never seen comedy. I didn't know there was comedy. Cleveland. And I gave them flyers and just let them know. Right. So it's been like a very slow. Most build. cities, do you think most cities have that kind of quote unquote underground scene now? It's been, you know? it's definitely been like the last five years specifically, like little scenes have been popping up around the country kind of as a result of like. The comedy clubs, if there's a comedy club in your city, winds up being very stale or, like, they book very particularly. It's hard to get, like, new, fresh voices in there. And in order to get better at comedy, you have to do comedy. So you ha- you need somewhere to go up in front of people. Where do alternative, quote-unquote, alternative comics who... Is, is that even a thing anymore? I mean, uh, it's not. Maybe it's not because they, they've gone mainstream. Like, I mean, they, yeah, Hannibal would be an alternative comic, but he's mainstream. I mean, know, Han- like, Hannibal just hits. Hannibal goes up anywhere. There's a microphone. Yeah. I mean, when we you saw when we did Cincinnati, we yeah. were at that college, and then we went we went to that little bar, the Comet, uh, the Comet, and there were just a it was an open mic for like music. Yeah, and we went. I I did a couple minutes, and then I brought him up, mm-hmm. and like then we just ate tacos and chilled. Like, yeah. He does that type. Like he, he went from like an oddball. He'd go like you hear he goes from like you know performing for like ten thousand people, and then he goes and does an open mic for like six. Mm-hmm. Seven people. It's probably good to have that. It's it's the hunger that that's why he's now ascended out of you know the quote unquote alt. But they called him alternative. Like when I came back in two thousand ten, like I told both clubs to they should book him as a headliner, and like one club had never heard of him, and the other was like, oh, he's kind of too niche. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he'd already done. Craig Ferguson, he'd already done, and they were saying he's too niche. Yeah, he and he'd already done yeah. like four of all four of the six late night shows. He's already he'd already done at that point. right. So it's just kind of weird. Like the people who are in charge of the comedy clubs, which is where people go consume comedy or they know to go consume it, they're very irris- not irresponsible, but like they're not keeping up with the Joneses right. as far as like. And you, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, it's like people that would be considered all comics. I mean, you could say that about. Uh, Aziz or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like because it's a style I guess yeah I mean but what's what's not what's not all comedy like yeah. oh, my, I mean just, it, my wife I just flew in or my boy in my gen- arm is tired in or, general what I what I say is I don't even call it all comedy I try to call it like relevant comedy like yeah. a lot of times like you go to comedy clubs and like the this happens with like the old head dudes they're like doing stuff that like they've been doing that same act for like 10 years yeah there may be a little new jokes here or there, but, like, just kind of coasting. They're not challenging themselves. There's just nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. they're still being funny, but it's like they're not trying to, like, they're not they're not exploring a part of the map that hasn't already been charted. Right. You know, um, where the comedy that I wind up, like, connecting and vibing with is that stuff that's kind of, like, brewing and congealing in the, you know, 
just night to night, like changing yeah. things and growing and adapting. Yeah, I, and... I feel like I feel like whether it's for comedy or music or or any art form, the key is writing is mm-hmm. is, is generating new new ideas, you know, and constantly sort of coming up with new shit. Because even for yourself, it gets stagnant. Like, I feel like yeah. that way about about my own stuff sometimes. Like, if I've been playing the same songs too much, it, you yeah. know, it starts to feel like, okay, you know. Yeah, so, like, I always try to study, you know, I've gotten to work with a lot of different people, so I always try to study different things. So, like, to to that notion, like, I, got, I saw this, like, watching Dave Attell work, he, like... He'll have the every joke is like this little kernel, and depending on like the crowd's vibe, his vibe, uh, how he's feeling, he like he'll pop it a little or he'll pop it a lot, right? Or like he'll pop it and then just have like six or seven like quick little jokes around it, versatile in the moment, versatile in the moment, and then from night to night, like the nucleus of the the thirty forty percent is the same, but like. The rest of it's a different order. It's yeah. shuffled around because he's been doing it for years. Like, and he just joke machine, just yeah. pop, pop, pop. And it's just like he. I watched this interview with Bill Burr, and he's he, he said a tell told him like a joke's never done. Like you can always just a new tag or a different way in or this and the other. And it's just like that's what I always try to like. I get up on stage like as often as I can. Like last year, my New Year's resolution was to average a set a day for the year, and I wound up with like four thirty two. Wow, that's um, a lot. So, yeah, so, like, I was able to do multiple shows some nights and, like, um, just got real comfortable doing shows over the course of the year, but, like, constantly adding things or trying a new thing or, like, a new order. I always try to, like, call it feng shuiing. Like, I don't want to go up and, like, hey, guys, here's the five minutes of jokes I wrote, and I don't care what you're feeling or what you're vibing or if you're listening or if you're ready for, you know, like... I, I like to just vibe, figure out the audiences what they're. Sometimes you can't start with like a super strong joke out the gate because they're not ready to listen, right? You know, um, but yeah, it's doing that many shows. You kind of get just loose, you know. Like I don't get like I, it's weird. People are like, "So I was LA, like it seemed like you did big shows." It's like, yeah, but like there's just the same shows I would do here, just there. Mm-hmm. Like it's just mm-hmm. like. You're getting in front of different people. You're getting in front of different people, but it's just like I, I don't. I'm sure you get this like when you first started touring. You're probably hell yeah. I'm going to Cleveland. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But now you're like okay. I'm gonna go up. You're comfortable in what you're doing. Yeah. So like, it's you don't get nervous before it, and you don't like when people are like, so "How was your tour?" You're like, "Oh, it was good." Like yeah. you know, had, yeah, had shows. I hung. It's like it's it's hard to get them to understand the normalcy mm-hmm. of what you do night to night this because, weird shit becomes as normal as anything yeah else. yeah yeah it's, yeah, that's yeah. A good no, way definitely to definitely um so what, what when you're just living your life what is it that tells you this is this could be a joke or this or like or or does it dawn on you later that like a memory of something that um, happened Sometimes it's a, it's a memory, like, uh, or sometimes it's in the moment. Like, yes, like, I was hanging out. A lot of it comes from, like, my, a lot of stuff I talk about now comes from, like, my family. And that yeah. came because one time I was working with my buddy Drew Thomas, and, like, we did a leg of colleges. At the first leg, I was, like, smashing, and then we had a little gap, and then, like, we did a couple more schools, and, like, I'd written new jokes and, like, was struggling to remember them, and they weren't really connecting with the, I wasn't connected to what I was writing, and, like, yeah. they were funny, but, like, hard for me to remember and just wasn't coming out right. And then, like, did real bad at a school, and, like, his manager, like, 
was like, hey, who's this kid you have going out with you? Like, yeah, you can't have him, whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but then, like, we were sitting there smoking and talking, and he, we were talking about my family, and he was like, this is what you should be talking about because, like, you know it, you have a little bit of passion behind it, mm-hmm. um, and, like, yeah, it's real. that's, it's real, that's real. So I'm yeah. like, okay, so I kind of started doing that. So, um, so my, uh, so a lot of, like, you know, uh, yes, I was hanging out with my nephews and niece this past weekend, and, like, I kind of rolled over and I was planking a little bit. And my youngest nephew, the one who hates what's, sports. What's planking? You mean just planking, like, like where you sit on your arms and just try to stay up? Yeah, like as yeah. long as, I got like ten seconds in, and I just like fell. Yeah. And then so I asked my youngest nephew, the one who hates he hates sports. Yeah. I was like, how I was like, how long can you plank for? He was like, oh, I wouldn't even want to know that. So like an eleven year old talking like that is yeah. like very funny to me. So like I find a lot of humor in just the way they think of the world and like contrasting that. Right. With, like my life but like then sometimes it'll just be like a memory so like i went up monday night and i did a, a, sh- a weekly show in cleveland at this p- spot called barrio and like i just i did a couple jokes that i was working on and then like i'd never talked about this before but like i was like uh i started talking about uh uh I started talking about porn. I was like, I'm a. F- I was like, I like to think I'm a feminist, but then I also like pog porn. What's which pog is, porn? Uh, fat ass white girl porn. Okay. Uh, which the equivalent category for black women is just black, because uh, just all black women have big butts. Uh, and I, I said watching porn kind of fucks you up because I remember when I was a kid, uh, I, I watched my dad's porn because I could open a safe. Porn of your dad? No, no, no. I just <laughs> I open. I could open a safe and he had tapes in there. And uh, so, like, I ignored the cocaine and took the tapes. And then uh, I put, you know, the one tape in, and it was, like, a real hardcore tape. And the dude was fucking this chick, and he was like, oh, your pussy's so bloody. And, like, I was like, oh, okay, that's, like, that's sexy talk. Oh, so then God. I'm, like, cyber-sexing with some, what was probably a dude a couple months later. And, like, I'm like, oh, man. She's like, how's that pussy feel? I'm like, oh, it feels so bloody. And she's like, oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, you should be disgusted. Like, you need to you need to get help. I'm like, no, my dad just needs to get better porn. Yeah. Uh, but, like, so I said that on stage, and, like, it got laughs. But, yeah. like, I never said that before. But you just have to have, like, the confidence to say things that may not be funny and right. trust your instincts will kick in and, like, mm, trigger something. Is sometimes talking about shit that's, like... That feels kind of ill to talk about. Is that kind of is that is that first of all is it cathartic and second of all does it get laughs like just shit that you know in your life because everybody has nitty gritty shit in their life yeah. that they don't that they feel weird about talking about. I have that. It's yeah, it's weird. Like I'm more open while on stage while performing than I am when I like am off stage talking to people. Like I'll say things on stage about my family that I can't like tangibly like say to their face mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, yeah. but if they watch the show they'll kind of get it I but totally like get that, yeah but like you know like uh, <laughs> i have another chunk i'm working on about my dad and like he's his pack right and he's got all this like half broken shit in the house that he believes he's gonna fix one day but he never gets around to and like we have all this shit in the living room and then he texted me one day he's like hey i just got a pool table and I'm like, what the fuck you get a pool table for and it's just one of his buddies was gonna throw the table away and my dad's like, no, you're not. Because it's like my dad can't throw anything away. The only thing he's ever been able to throw away is, was his marriage. Okay. And, like, that's such a, like, I said that, I've been started that, like, last week. And, like, it'll get, like, really deep, authentic laughs. But yeah. then also that, oh, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's such a like I heard someone say like Jesus Christ. Yeah. When I did it the other night, and it's just like, but that you remember like it's authentically me. So even if you didn't think it was funny, you're like, oh, all right, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So it's just like maybe that's something that sticks in my act. Maybe it's not, but it's something that like. I try to just talk about whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm thinking about. And if something's funny there, I try to, like, compress it down and, like... Ha, 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 have, your, have your family seen your... Stuff? Yeah, yeah. They've... They're, I mean, the first few years, like, it was where, like, they question, they're like, so you don't make any money? Like, why do you do it so much? And, like, I was in a weird position where, like, I didn't... When I came back from Chicago, like, my car, I had, I had started drinking again, and I crashed my car into a guardrail while I was drunk and uh, like a little more to the right I would have hit a a telephone pole and like completely bent a steel guardrail have you had like discussions about shit after you know like like, oh I can't believe you said that yeah kind of like I used to have a joke about my niece being fat and it was online and she saw it and like she's mad at me she's still really mean to me but like that's part of the reason why uh, but you had a joke tonight. You said a joke, something similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, she she was calling you fat or something. Yeah, she's like, get away from me because you're fat and ugly. Right, and I don't right, know how to break you, it to her. She looks exactly just like, like me. me. <laughs> yeah, um, which is like a nicer way of saying what I was saying before. But right. like, um, you know, it's it's weird. Like, I there's been like I have jokes about like just weird like situations where like I've had girls invite me over at one in the morning and then like, oh I just wanted to hang out and be right. friends and like I had there's like eight women who think that joke's about them and it's like, well that's cause you did that to me. But like, So why that's happened to you multiple times? Multiple times. So now I just try to be more upfront and open about it. I'm like, hey I'd like to take you out for dinner and romance and now they'll be like, Dinner sounds great and I'm like, oh, all right, we don't gotta right. have dinner. Like, oh well, you, you had to throw the word you have to throw the word romance in Yeah, like just cause like I it's weird like uh I I waste a lot of my own time, but I don't like when other people do it. And it's just like if like if you just want to be friends, that's super cool. I'll see you around. But like I have a lot of friends already and my yeah. family and like I'm bad about like visiting like my family and like my existing friends. Like my one buddy, I was like in his wedding and he's had two kids since then. And I've only seen one of the kids mm-hmm. when they were like a baby. It's just like I'm so consumed with like performing and doing that and like yeah. Just kind of get like tunnel vision within that, so that's something I'm actively working on. Is like going and right, do, but you're like, not going to add some new random, some new random lady that is just you. you it's like it's cool. Interested in her romantically? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's and it's, not happening. It's not then happening. it's just like, all right, that's fine. I'll see you around. Um, why now? Why, why do you think that they they do that? Do you think that they're initially interested and then you fuck you, your game is fucked up? Um, <laughs> I feel like I always feel like there's a small window, right? There's a small window, and windows open, and either like you know. Like, there's, like, after the show, like, I have other shit to do. Like, I'm usually, like, I'm at work while I'm at the show. Like, they're out kicking it. I'm at work. So, like, if I'm at a comedy club, like, early show, like, chicks will, like, after show, like, oh, hey, what are you doing? You should come have a drink with us. I'm like, oh, I got another show. I'm like, let me give you my number, get yours. And then, like, by the time I text them later, they're too drunk to, like, figure out where they are. Mm -hmm. And then if I follow up with them, who is this? Oh, okay. And then they don't. The context is removed, and then right. just like right, um, and then other you have times that, like that specific glow, that that in the moment glow, yeah, in the moment glow, that like ooh, in. yeah, um, and then um, you know, then there's some chicks who like 
will come around, but like they just want to be friends, and it's just like that's fine. Like I have complete respect for that, but like I, I like I'm as protective of my friendship as you are of your vagina. Right? Like, it's the same. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes yeah. a long. Like people who are my friends are like my friends. Like I've known yeah. them for years. Like I have acquaintances. Like right. you know. That's, but like that's, in, in a way, that's more intimacy than than having sex with. Somebody. Yeah, man. Like you know, like there's that's a classic controversial statement, but no, it's yeah. I mean, it's if. <laughs> I, this is I had like chick invite me over one in the morning and get over there and she's like oh, I'm not you know I don't want to do it I'm like okay that's fine so we're just talking whatever and like she's talking about like her divorce and her kids and she's doing drugs so like I'm like woof you're way less this is way less you're way less appealing to me the right. more we hang out right. I'm more appealing to you right and it's just like I understand I get it like you like there's that social context of like I can't you know we just mad. I can't. We can't do anything. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm just like, that's fine. Cool. We're gonna go on a date with whatever. But like, then they also like, uh, fuck. What was I gonna say? Uh, they get like, uh, fuck. God damn it. The, the divorce. The lady. She's oh, you know, and it's just like they want to hang out. Like normally, like you meet a guy, you got to hang out with him, make sure he's cool, make sure he's not weirdo, make sure he's not going to murder you, make sure he's chill to be around with him, like, let's go for drinks, and then have a few drinks, and then you, oops, we had a mistake and had sex, and it's just mm-hmm. like, that's how it works for most regular people, and it's just like, I don't drink, so that's awkward, yeah. and then like, also, like, I make strangers like me for a living, mm-hmm. so like, I'm already really cool, so like, you, and you're good like, at it. And I'm good at it. Yeah. And it's just like, but then like I'll hang out with you and it's just like, oh, you're real. And it's not that you're not a, a unique person, but your individuality is something I've come across before. Like I could tell by your outfit what kind of books you have at home and how many. But you don't want to think that way. But but I don't. But like I'm generally like very right, right about yeah. it. And it's like the and it's there's nothing like I feel bad about it because like I'm exposed to so many people. Yeah. But like. In a given day when I'm, like, out you in L.A. You can read somebody. I can read somebody. And then, like, also, like, you know, like, when I was out in L.A., like, I'd meet people and, like, I'd forget their names. And, like, oh, but I remember faces. But it's just, like, like, tonight I probably met 30, 40 people, like, had actual little conversations mm-hmm. with them. And everyone told me their name. And, like, I always make sure to, like, shake their hand and, like, repeat their name. But, like... I'm not gonna All remember. Names I'm not gonna. I'll remember yeah. like, but I'll remember the context. I'm like, oh, we talked at the Beachland, the Yoni show, and like I'll remember all that other shit. But I'll remember their name. Yeah, and like that uh, hurts girls' feelings, uh, and it's like it happens. Like I just yeah. have. I just come across so many people, so it's just like if so you shut it down after. So that. shut it down, and it's just like, but then when I actually like see a girl, I'm like interested in. I'm like, oh hey, and like. I try to pursue like there's the hesitancy, so I don't know. Maybe I feel do you, like. Do you tend to have girlfriends or not? not no, so much? not not so much. I had I was a virgin until I was 26. Wow. Uh, and then like the girl kind of chased me down. Kind of she met we met through comedy and she kind of chased me down or whatever. And then she was like, "So are we boyfriend girlfriend?" I'm like, "All right." I just didn't have a reason to say no, and like I never been in a relationship before, but like I'm not used to like keeping other people as a concern so like i'd make uh, we had plans to go do shit and then like one of my buddies texted me and was like hey uh so i'm coming from new york to cleveland but i need my car from chicago there so i can go to springfield so i was like oh just buy me a megabus ticket to chicago and i'll just drive your car back in a couple of days mm-hmm. i'll do shows whatever and then like did that and then like 
oh, she, I'm like, hey, I'm not. She wasn't feeling that. She was like, no, she's like, oh, that's fine. But it's just like enough of those moments add up. And then like I feel shitty like being a boyfriend. Like I'm just I'm just immediately shitty. Like yeah. when normal people go on dates, I'm working. I can come over after my shows. But then it's like, well, you only come over after your show. It's, like, it's just like I get it. But it's like my yeah. hangout time is like during the days mm-hmm. when you're working. Right. So it's hard. It's hard to find. And then like lifestyle wise, like a bartender would like work like yeah, hour wise. But I don't drink. So right. like at right. one, two o'clock, like after this, like I'm done. I'm, I'm high. But like whatever. But if I hit up a bartender trick, she's like probably wasted. Probably right. going to after hours. Probably. Like, and it's just like that. I'm like, I'm an old man. So. I have a similar thing where I don't, I don't, I don't have girlfriends either. I wonder if, and I don't drink. I wonder if, if that is probably. A, I mean, it's a definitely major factor. It, aff- it affects it, but like also, I feel like. Do you, I, do you have like hookups or not really? I have like I have a girl. We were hanging out for a while before I went to New York, and I'm comfortable around her. Like she's like, I feel boring because you always fall asleep when you come over. I'm like, no, because I'm like comfortable. I'm always her. high. I'm always high. That too, <laughs> but um. But then, like, you know, that was going chill. And I went to New York a couple of weeks in my New York. She, she's like, she texted me, like, I can't do whatever this is anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, okay. Like, you know, she's having a bad. You know, some people like to have boundaries. They like to know yeah, what, and, what it is. And they like and that's, to have, you know, and that's, and that's, that's fine. And I'm like, I understand. I'm like, you deserve someone who can be like, be there. And it's just like the, the way my life is, like, as things get better for me, I'm going to be there less and less. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to connect on that level. And also, like, I kind of feel like sometimes, like, it's almost like not self sabotage, but it's just like I don't go for anything that tangibly will work and function because it'll divert energy and focus from what like if something comes along that like fits into it, great. But if like you're focused on career stuff, I'm focused on like career stuff, and it's just like if something can fit within that, the confines of that, cool. But it's just like it's really, really, really shitty to expect that of someone and to be like, hey. Are you are you fine with never being number one oh, as far as like priorities in my life? Right. And it's like that's never that's that horrible. Like do, I would, do you do you, do you have like a desire in you to settle down ever or or to have somebody that you're closer to? Uh, I mean, or maybe one day. Even... I'm like I said, I'm I don't really open up to a lot of yeah. people. So like, uh, I mean, maybe that'd be nice. Like I was I just I was telling the when before I went to New York. The girl's like, I'm, I'm gonna miss you. I was like, I think I'll miss you too. Like, oh, you can't say that. I know, but like, I've never like, I'm just there's too no honest. reason not to say I'll miss you too. I'm too honest, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I didn't want to say I would, and I didn't, and I and I did, but like, I'm also not the type who like will call and text. Like, I don't talk to, I don't visit people. I don't remember to call people. So like, the little bit of texting and and chatting I was doing with her wasn't enough to satiate. Yeah, what? But it was more than I was doing with anyone else that's happened with me i mean i feel like that happened in my my last girlfriend which was a long time ago Mm -hmm. um that that's kind of how it fizzled out was that same thing was i was touring a lot and i just didn't really keep up with um you here i got some stuff too you You sure um you know i I just you know what didn't keep up with it enough you know and it's hard when you're away it's harder and it's hard because like Hey, how was your day? That's good. I went to work. I did this. How was your yeah. day? I was cool. I showed up at the hotel. I went to the show. Exactly. Like you know what I'm saying? Everybody's like it's hard life to is like mundane, and and even if even if you live this weird life that that we live, you know, um, or I don't know how much you live this these days, but you know, me too. I'm home a lot as well. But when 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 you are doing that touring all the time, like 
it does get mundane. Like, you, as much as it's, you know, you might be in, 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 like, you know, Prague or Brussels or whatever, but, like, you're doing the same shit. You're in the hotel, you're mm-hmm. in the sound check, you're, in, you're doing a show, you're, you're you know, and it's 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 hard to want to you know and back then especially i was i was so i mean i was touring like crazy mm-hmm. and i was so tired all the time like the last thing i wanted to do when i had a minute's rest was like to call her and then like have her why are you so tired god bless like, her i love her I, yeah. I love her today I, she's a sweetheart but like I, it was just not right at that time and and it just felt like you know it's uh and and you know that that just spelled death for a relationship. Yeah. You gotta like keep talking all the time. Mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, communication is super important. So it's just like I haven't come across. I mean, there's people I vibe with and talk to, and like you know, um, but yeah, there hasn't been anyone who's like like that girl who I was hanging out with before went to New York. It's like I think about her, but I didn't prioritize her. And but like even thinking about her was like a big like growth step for me as like mm-hmm. a person, but like still like underwhelming from what. Yeah. Th- yeah so yeah. it's just like it's it's one of those things like it'll it'll kind of happen of its own volition. Like kind of like I don't I'm not doing comedy to like get on TV or do this or do that, but it's just like that thing will kind of ha- all happen of its own accord. But just because like I just try to do it as much as I can and like, yeah. I'm able to connect with people and like it's a slow build but like you know like I legit like I was in LA from the 1st to like the 20 I think it came back like the 24th of April and uh like I was I was running out of money so I just put up like hey a couple people have like PayPal'd me money like it's super cool it's like here's the email address so I was like it just helps with Uber and food and like just every couple of days, like just someone from Queen, like, hey man, here's fifty bucks, Ka-ching. help with sandwiches, whatever. Ka-ching. And it's like I wasn't paying attention. I was just like my PayPal was connected to my Uber, so like yeah. I went around and like I looked and I spent like four hundred some dollars from my PayPal on Uber that people had thrown down. That just like I had wow. like I had like a hundred some in there, but like everything after that was just just donations, just donations. That's so it's just ass, like man. being able to connect with people on like that level is like you can cool. donate. To Blazer Ramon at uh, Uh, Ramon Rivas II, which is R A M O N R I V A S I I at gmail.com. I I is the second. The second. At gmail.com. Mm hmm. Um, Do it. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, my name online and everything is Blazer Ramon. Um, I produced a comedy documentary called Make Fun. You go to makefunmovie.com. You can download that for five bucks, and it's me and my buddy Jim Tews, who he moved to New York a couple of years ago, but he came back and we shot this project, and we did a Kickstarter. It was we got we raised like I think just over five thousand dollars from people who just since I started running shows in two thousand ten, people who've just come, literally almost everyone who donated was people I've met since then. Mm-hmm. Like, no old family, no old friends. It was all new people, That's and great. Um, we shot over two nights and then he edited it into just like a stand-up special and we submitted it as a documentary for the Cleveland Film Festival and they did they were like it's good but like it's not really a documentary like so we're gonna reject it but like we wish there was more of a narrative one about these people and so he came back shot more footage and like re completely edited like a whole other movie and it came out really good Um, I'm very proud of it and like now it's one of those weird things like they want everything done and then now it's done and they're like now we're just trying to get like get it like a distribute. We just want it on Netflix pretty yeah, much, yeah. but it's just like they're like, well, 
like does it already have numbers like we want to make sure there's an interest it's like well you need yeah. to put it out for there to like people to watch it? it tell me the name of it again make fun okay. go to makefunmovie.com and you can find that on youtube uh, or makefunmovie.com make okay. and okay. you can okay. get it for 5 bucks the trailers on youtube um but it's just it's about what it's like to pursue a passion or an artistic form in somewhere that's not a major city so mm-hmm. somewhere that's not new york that's not la like why are you doing it like are you able to do it? Like, are you funny? Like, are you not worthwhile? Like, do you do you not have value if you're not in New York or LA? Right. And kind of through the narrative, like, it blends, like, the stand-up special we shot over a couple nights with, like, interviews and vignettes with the people kind of just, like, talking about, like, how they do it and what's going on. And it's it's good. Like, it made, we've had a couple screenings. We did a couple in Cleveland. We did one in New York. We did in San Francisco and like everyone who watches is like this is good like it made me feel warm and like mm-hmm. so it's good but it's just like getting people sure you know That's it's the same exact same as with your music like yeah. it's good but like just getting it in people's ears and hands yeah. and like making that connection with people is like how sure. you kind of get to the next so thing. what's before we close out just to, what's what's next what's what's like do, do you have are you one of these guys you seem pretty goal or uh, career oriented do you have like goals that like you know, in the in the near future, they're like, I, um, I would like to try to do this. I would like to try to do that. I don't, I don't, or even short term goals. Um, not really. I just try to do comedy. Like my happiness goal is doing comedy every night and making enough enough money to not die and pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And so far, I'm able to do like I live that dream in Cleveland. Um, but it's like my aspirations will take me farther. So like, I was in LA. Like I met with a couple like industry source and a couple like network meetings and the people like like me and they're like if you have any projects like just send them to us we'll look them over and i don't i don't have those but it's just like oh those are things i can work on here right. now um but i don't i don't you know have if, options i have options yeah. of things but it's just like as far as like things i have coming up like i have uh i do a comedy festival in the fall every year called accidental comedy fest but it's just just mostly just me bringing people I like to Cleveland mm-hmm. and it's a big headache to put on but I, I do that so that'll be the fall I'm um, I got invited to do this comedy festival in Chicago uh, it's NBC Universal and mm-hmm. Second City's like breakout comedy festival so it's like there's two nights 10 comics each 10 performers each night and it's a mix of stand-up sketch and improv performers so like i'm one of a handful of stand-ups on one night and it's like al madrigal from the daily shows hosting one night and then ron funches from undateable hosting us so it's like a nice mm-hmm. big festival so like that will have industry sorts at it too so like i feel like my la trip kind of got me those little like first awkward first dates out the way yeah and then like now i'm tangibly working on things that i'll have like done i'll have like a script and a treatment done for like hopefully at least one thing maybe a couple but uh and then i'll do that thing and then like when they have the formal like so what do you what do you have going on what do you do i can be like oh you'll have, I have this comedy festival yeah. i have this thing you can read i have this thing you can read mm-hmm. and then like just before then like hoping a couple of my friends can look it over and make sure it's not shitty mm-hmm. um but other than that like i don't have anything on my calendar like after that but yeah. like I, that's I kind of live like month to month, so yeah, like if I don't have it, if I don't have anything after that, like maybe I'll go to New York for a week or two, and mm-hmm. I'll just a couple weeks out, I'll send emails and get booked on shows and go out there do shows, hang out with my friends, have random life experience. Kind of my life's the same regardless of where I am. Like I wake up, I smoke weed, I chill out, I go eat with friends or eat alone, 
uh, and then I go do comedy, and then I hang out, and then I go to sleep, and then I wake up and do the same thing, mm-hmm. regardless of whether I'm in Cleveland or New York or Chicago. And you're happy with that? It feels I'm good. happy. It feels yeah. good. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm trying to, I always try to remember to, like, live a life worth joking about. So, like, I try to, like, you know, when I'm in New York, like, it'd be nice to, like, get up and go to the museum or go to this and mm-hmm. that, but I'm also poor as fuck. Right. So, like... A lot of times when I'm in New York, when like especially when I'm in New York, like I wake up and I wait as long as possible to eat, mm-hmm. and then like I usually eat like right before I go to a show, and then mm-hmm. I'll get a sandwich after the show and eat half of it, and then I eat the other half in the morning, and then wait. And it's just like, but I have to consider that's what like I make all these weird little un un. I'm hungry just hearing that. Yeah, and it's just like I make all these sacrifices that would seem like there's no lawyer who's doing that. There's no doctor who's like, oh, I'm going to go city to city and just crash on my friend's couches. Right. But, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't know. A good, I'm not doing it for any purpose, but, like, I just I've, I feel like I found what I'm supposed to do. Well, I think something's going to crack through soon. Thanks, man. man. I, yeah, I, I feel that way. I think you have a, you have a good spirit. You're very funny. And uh, I think it's going to work out for Thanks, you man. in the long run. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, thank you for doing the podcast. I've been sitting here with... Blazer Ramon Rivas the second. Thanks, man. Uh, at the uh, Best Western Plus in um, Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm not, and I, I don't like this. I feel like I maybe came across as like a woman hater. I love women. They're just yeah. very confusing to me. And in my pragmatism, I probably like if I were if I were better at just like lying or like not. Or just like being an asshole and like just like u- not using them, but just like playing the game enough right. to like. There's a game that people there's a play. game, and it's Most like people play that game. I'm I'm more like we don't gotta play this game. I appreciate that. Let's be grown ups. Yeah, and if not, cool. I I I well, I sometimes play the game, but I sometimes don't, and it's and it's not all. It doesn't always work out for you when you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's no, like, I, you didn't, you don't you don't come across as a as a as a woman hater whatsoever. Okay, good because I just you come felt, across to me as a little bit. Scared, probably shelled off or scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just because, like, you know, I was I faced all rejection, like just as being fat and being whatever, and that's just real, man. That shit sits with you, and and it it, doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't go away. That you know, even even when you grow up and you you have confidence, like it it sits in you, you know, yeah, for forever. I mean, it was. I I mean, it was definitely noticeable, like. All rejection, rejection, whatever, before I went to Chicago that summer 2010. And then when I'm there, looking back, like, I realized, like, oh, there were girls who were, like, flirting with me or, like, vibing with me. But, like, I was so used to, like, oh, girls who act like that with me, they just want to be my friends. Because these other girls that I tried to date didn't want to, like, I didn't know how to operate without rejection. And then when I came back, that girl literally chased me down. But I didn't pick up on the social cues of her being attracted to me. Right. So, like, now I'm better at, like, picking that up. But it's just like, yeah, for that long time, like, I just didn't. Like, I just don't. I don't know how to, like, open up to people. I don't know how to do that. Ladies so. ladies out there. Show me. Teach he's, me. He's single. Teach me your ways. ways. Um, I want to know what love is. Um, I want you to show me. <laughs> I think is the, how the song goes. Yeah. Ramon, say bye to these people out here. Uh, thank you guys so much for fucking with Yoni Wolf's The Wandering Wolf podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, he's on tour now. You should, uh, hopefully, you since you're listening to this, you already know how to get to his website. But he puts on a good show. This is the first time I saw Serengeti live. I've seen Yoni before. We put on a good show. And you got different local openers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. 
And uh, if you're in Ohio and you're in Cleveland, come fuck with me. BlazerRamon.com. Peace, y'all. And we're back. Five, four, three. It's good to be back. It is. It's good to be back with you guys. And I hope that you will join me next time I have a podcast, which is, I don't know when that'll be. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. I do have one more in the can. So, uh, yep. The Wandering Wolf Podcast.com. Um, you can donate to the podcast on there if you want. You can get t shirts on there. The whole nine yards, the whole nine yizzles at Yoni Wolf on Twitter follow me all right you guys have a great week maybe month i don't know i'll see you when i see you i'm out keep wandering Something like that.